So we are holding the fifth aliyah of this beautiful parsha of Vayelech. We just finished discussing the mitzvah of Hakel, of gathering together all of the Jewish people, the men, the women, the children of all ages, to come to hear the king reading the Torah on the specially erected stage on the platform in the women's section of the temple. This year is a Hakel year. This year is the year after the spring of the year when on Sukkot is when the time when the king will come and gather all the people to listen to the words of the Torah. And then after Moshe gives him this commandment, Hashem then comes to Moshe. He says, your days are coming to die. So now let me, together with you, encourage Yeshua to lead the Jewish people into the land of Israel. So if you're paying attention, we already had in the very beginning of the parasha where Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to the Jewish people. He said to them, Chazak v'yamat, be strong, be strengthened, because uh, you are going to take over the land of Israel. Then Moshe went to Yoshua directly, and Moshe said to Yoshua, Chazak ve'amatz, be strong and be strengthened, be fortified, because you are going to lead the Jewish people into the land of Israel. And now we're going to read how Hashem, together with Moshe, in the cloud of glory, will appear to Yoshua, and he will, God himself will say to, Mo, to Yoshua, Chazak ve'amatz, be strong, be fortified, don't give up hope, don't be demoralized, because you will be the one to lead the Jewish people into the land of Israel. But it's a little bit more lengthy than just that. So God calls Moshe to bring Yoshua together with him, and they stand in the Ohel Moed, in the Tent of Meeting, and the Shekhinah of Hashem reveals himself, Hashem, God appears in the cloud, in the, uh, in the Mishkan, and he says to Moshe, in front of both Moshe and Yeshua, Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to lie down with your fathers. Meaning, you're going to end your time here on this earth and you will go to sleep forever. Come home, I know this nation that uh, you brought here. This nation will get up and they will get quickly distracted and quickly uh, confused and go after the other gods of the land in which they live, all the other idols that are there, they will be tempted to follow them, to worship them, the Azavani, and they will abandon me, the Hefer Ezbrisi, and they will forget, they will uh, forsake, they will violate this covenant that I had just made with them. We just made in the last parsha, right? The Tzavim is the covenant between us and Hashem, and that covenant will be destroyed, that covenant will be, they'll abandon it, that I made with them. And what will happen, says God? The Chara Abi Bebayemahu. On that day, my anger will flourish against them, and I will abandon them. They abandon the cause. The Zavani, they abandon me. The Azav team, I will abandon them. Obviously, it's only from our perspective. God can never abandon us. But the Jews will, I will act as if I have abandoned them. They start mehem, and I will conceal my face from them. Concealment is already a whole new level of punishment. Not only is God punishing us, but He's doing it in a way that we don't see Hashem. God is concealed from us, darkness of exile. In addition, we start to also mean that when a parent punishes their child, what do they do? They hide their face. They don't want to look at the pain of their child crying. It hurts. So a parent has to punish their child, but at the same time, they hide their face to not, uh, to not show it too much, not see their child suffering. So Hashem says, We start to I will hide my face from the Jewish people, and they will become consumed by the many evils and the misfortune that will befall on them. And then they will say that is it not because Hashem is no longer amongst us that all of these evils have befallen us. Meaning my concealment will make the Jews realize that why are we having all these problems? 
Because of the fact that we abandon Hashem, and therefore Hashem has, so to say, abandoned us. But in the next verse, the next verse gets even worse. What does God say in the next verse? For Anoichi, Hastir, Aster, And I will doubly hide my face on that day. The word Hester, Aster is in the world. Word, sorry, concealment, hidden. So in verse 17, God says, My face will be considered from will be considered hidden from them. In verse 18, Hashem says, I will haster aster. The word is twice. When you have a word twice, it means very much so. You will surely listen. So I will surely hide my face in a very, very strong way of concealment for all of the evil that they will have committed when they turn to other gods. Uh, it says in the Medrash, on the day when God said, I will surely hide my face, a double expression of concealment. Haster and Aster, the heavens trembled. It was a dark, dark day in the world when God warned that one day he would hide his face from us. But of course, so let me first explain what is a double concealment, and then I'll explain, of course, the more beautiful Hasidic way of understanding this. A concealment means that God is hidden. We feel dark, we feel alone, we feel, we feel the concealment. What is a double concealment? Where God says, I will doubly hide. What's a double concealment? When the concealment is so concealed that we don't even know that there's a concealment. When the darkness is so dark that we don't even realize we're in darkness anymore, that's when it's really dark. I always I share this many, many times. There's a Fabregan who wanted to parasha, and they were uh, sitting and they were talking and they were Fabregan, and then they ran out of uh, Lachayim, they ran out of what to drink. So I sent someone down to the cellar, to the basement, to go get. There was more uh, alcohol in the basement. So he went down to the basement. It was very dark in the basement. So he got scared. So he calls out from the basement. Oi, it's finster. Dark down here, right? It's, I can't see. So someone from the table said, stay a few minutes and your eyes will get used to the dark and then you'll be able to see where it is. So Hilaparcha said, that's the ultimate darkness. When you get comfortable in the darkness and you think you can see in the dark, that's when the darkness has really gotten dark. So when did you know that God is concealed from them? Okay, we know that we're in exile. We know that it's dark. We feel the concealment. We feel God's separation from us. Then when we have in time, when God is so concealed that we don't even know that we're in concealment, we think that it's light. And we think, well, life is good. And we're comfortable in exile. And we're comfortable in Gullus. And we're happy where we are. We think life is perfect. That's the anoichi haster aster. That's the double concealment where the concealment is concealed. And yet, what's the opening word of this verse? What does Anoichi mean? I. Where else do we find the word Anoichi? Ten Commandments. This word Anoichi you don't usually find in the Torah. I don't want to say any other time. I'm not 100% sure. But this is not the word that God usually uses. Right? What is Anoichi? I. Meaning, which part of God is in the ultimate concealment? Not one of God's names. Normally in the Torah, God is described by Yud Kevavkei, by name Elohim, right? Names of God. Which what are names of God? Manifestations of God. Different ways in which God reveals Himself to the world through different names, which are different reflection expressions of Hashem. Over here, Hashem says, Who will be in that concealment? I, in my very essence, the very essence of God that cannot have a name, the essence of God that transcends names, that transcends expression. That dimension of me is found in the, in the concealment. Just like uh, when we say by the Ten Commandments, the beginning of the revelation of the Ten Commandments is a level of 
Anoichi, the eye of God, the essence of God. Then there comes the names. So to hear in the concealment, who is concealed from us? The essence of God, meaning who is concealed as the names of God. But who is inside that concealment? In the concealment, what's, what, what's allowed with the concealment to exist is the very eye, the very essence of God's love for us. Like a pair that when they punish, what comes out is the deepest level of eye to the child. Where do we find this verse again? There's a very, very famous person whose name is from this verse. Esther, Queen Esther. So the Torah, Esther. So the Talmud asks, Esther, where do we find Esther in the Torah? There's a source for Mordechai in the Torah, for Haman in the Torah. What's the, what's the source in the Torah for the name of Esther? In this verse. That will surely hide my face on that day. Meaning, such a level of concealment that will exist on that day. Esther, her name was hidden. Who knew Esther's real identity? No, yeah, but the people in the palace they didn't know Esther's real identity. It was hidden, it was a secret. But in that concealment of Esther being hidden and seemingly a terrible thing happening, that she was taken to the palace and she was being taken to the king, but in that concealment was the eye of Hashem, the greatest levels of God, the anoichi of God, higher than any name, we don't find the name in the Megillah, that brought the greatest salvation for the Jewish people. Anyway, okay. Then says God, devotion to Yeshua, Va'ata, and now, write down the song that I'm going to teach you. The song is a song of Ha'azinu that we're going to read in next week's parsha. Write down the song of Ha'azinu. Then make it, and place it into the mouths of the Jewish people. Place it into the mouths of the Jewish people in order that this poem should be a witness for me to the Jewish people for all of time. So when the Jewish people will sit. And I'll bring them, because the next aliyah continues. I'll bring the people into the land that I swore to their forefathers. A land flowing with milk and honey. Right? The uh, flowing with abundance, with blessings, with everything they need. And the Jews living there will become, they will eat, and they'll be satiated, and they'll become fat in the land. Meaning they'll become indulgent, and they're going to become complacent, and they're going to become uh, decadent, and they'll feel that they no longer need me, and they will turn to the other deities and the other gods to serve them, provoking my anger and violating my covenant. And then all of these evil troubles that I just said about will come upon them. They will remember this poem. The Hazinu, that we're going to read next week. But remember this poem. And this poem will be a witness against them that I warned them in advance that all these troubles will befall them if they're going to worship other gods. And because I promised that it will not for, be forgotten, this song, despite all of the problems and all the suffering the Jews will have in exile, this song will not be forgotten from the mouths of their descendants because I know their nature and, I, and I'll make sure they won't be forget this. Here's another beautiful blessing. It's a curse, but it's really a blessing. And Hashem is promising us, it's a guarantee that the Torah will never be forgotten from the Jewish people. No matter how bad our exile will be, no matter how concealed God may seem, no matter how much we may be suffering and struggling in exile, God's Torah will never be forgotten, not just the song, it's, it's talking about the song, but the reference to the whole Torah will never be forgotten from the mouths of the Jewish people forever. So, Moshe went, this is all still standing in the cloud of glory together with Yeshua before he dies. Right then and there, Moshe writes down this song, the song of Hazinu, and to go and teach it to the Jewish people. At that moment, God then speaks to Yeshua ben Nun. So the third time we're going to have these words. Be strong 
and be fortified, be courageous. There's a word, be courageous. Because you will be the one to bring the Jewish people to the land that I swore to their forefathers. And I will be with you. Powerful words. Even though I'll be concealed, but but I, I will be with you together with in all of the issues you face. And then Moshe finished writing down the rest of the Sefer Torah until the end, including the Parsha of Zosah Baruch, and everything he wrote down the whole Torah with the Hadzinu. And then Moshe went to the Levim, who were carrying the Ark, the Aron. He said to them, the Aron is 14 Tfachim, uh, is, is 14 Tfachim, 14 Hambrots long. Inside are two tablets. How big is each tablet? 6 Tfachim by 6 Tfachim, 12 by 12. So 6 by 6, which is uh, 2 of them is 12. Still have two more handbreadths of empty space in the Aron, and nothing holy should be ever be wasted. You can't just have empty space for no reason. And therefore, take this Torah that I've given you to the tribe of Levi. Remember, there's 13 Torahs. The first one was the one given to the tribe of Levi. We already discussed that. Take this Torah that I'm giving to you, place it inside the ark together with the tablets, and there it will remain as a permanent reminder, as a permanent re- uh, witness of the covenant that I made with you. And then, can I know your future, what will be? And then Moshe goes, God says to Moshe, assemble before me. I'm sorry, Moshe says to the, Moshe says to the, to the, to the Levi, to the priests, Hakilu gather for me, assemble all the elders of your tribes and all your officers, and I will teach them this poem, this song of Hazinu. Why is Moshe asking the priests to gather the Jews? Moshe had trumpets. If you remember, every single time Moshe needed to speak to the Jewish people, what would Moshe do? He would blow the trumpets, special silver trumpets that God had told him to make. He would blow them one time to gather the, the elders, two times for the people, you know, when they would travel, when they would camp. Those trumpets were buried. On the day of Moshe's death, God told Moshe to bury the trumpets. They should not be passed down. They were unique to Moshe. And when Moshe died, already they were buried. They, were no longer, they no longer existed. And therefore Moshe, on the day of his passing, he already was losing some of his authority. He didn't have the trumpets to blow, and therefore he had to, like, like a regular person, and he wanted to gather a crowd, say, go gather everyone from next door, right? Moshe asks the priests, go gather everyone, uh, all the people to come here, the Azinu, that I'm going to sing to them. And I will give us testimony in this poem, as witnesses, I will call the heavens and the earth. Why the heavens and the earth is witness? You need two, two witnesses, right? So the Shemayim, and the Aretz. Why the heavens and the earth are the witnesses? First of all, they're forever. <laughs> so you don't want the witnesses are going to die tomorrow. How does it help you? So that no matter where and when the Jews will be, we can live in America, we can live 2,000 years later, there's still heavens and earth. So the witnesses will always be there. Number two is that these witnesses, they never change what Hashem says. They look at the heavens. They always do what I tell them to do. Look at the earth. They always do what, Hashem, what I tell them to do. They don't change upon their divine mission. They should be reminded to you. In addition, these witnesses... They will know if you're doing the mitzvahs or not. The Jews have special mitzvahs with the heavens. The mitzvah counting the new month, the Rosh Chodesh. The mitzvah of all the holidays goes on the lunar cycle, etc. The mitzvah of the earth, not to mix kilayim, not to plant different mixtures of seeds together. To give the maizah, the tithe of the produce. To leave the payah, to leave the corner for the poor, to leave the leket, the shikha, all those different mitzvahs of the produce and the earth, the shemitah, that are connected to the land. And finally, if you'll do, your, do the mitzvahs properly, the witnesses will be the one to give you your reward. The heaven will give you its rain. The earth will give you its produce. And you'll be blessed from the witnesses that will see that you follow the words of the Hazinu that I'm going to teach you now. And that's the next part of the song that Moshe taught the Jewish people before he died.